So a few nights ago, I was in an NFT mint party and a newbie asked a simple question that could have went over a lot of people's head. She asked, what exactly is a mint party? Now, that's something that we'll take for granted for anyone that has been in the space for any amount of time, especially if you came in during the bull market, because it seemed like there were mint parties going around the clock, nonstop. It didn't matter what time you ended up on Twitter, you could definitely join one of them. So today we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of a mint party. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So in case you're not familiar with it, a mint party is usually a Twitter space in which the founders and the team members are there and they're promoting the project. They also highlight the early adopters or the people that were supporting it first. They get to speak to new collectors or potential minters. The idea for this comes from an album launch party or a movie premiere. It's sort of the same thing, except that is virtual. And of course, the hub of this whole Web3 NFT world happens to be on Twitter. So there's nothing stopping people from having these real life events where people actually come out and do a red carpet affair. However, cost effective reasons. And of course, because we we're all under lockdown when this stuff really became popular, Twitter became the hub of this. And Twitter spaces is where these mint parties take place. And as I said, there are good, bad and even ugly mint parties. As far as what some of the good things that come from these mint parties are. Number one, just getting to know the team, because as I said, a lot of the times these happened and really came to its peak of popularity during COVID. A lot of us were locked down. We didn't have the ability to communicate. So having that time to speak, hear what the founders are about, what the project is, what the goals are, and really get to vibe with them, I thought was just very important. And also having the ability to see what the other holders are like, because more so than even the founders, seeing what types of people are in that project that are holding it also shines a light as to what direction this project is like, what it's like being in there, because a lot of the times people with like values are going to gravitate towards the same type of project. So in case you're wondering what a project is like, the type of people that they're attracting often tells you what it's like, because in marketing, we say that the bait that you use often determines what you're going to catch. Now, in the case of marketing, one of the analogies that we use is if we're trying to catch fish, we're not going to go out and use bananas as a bait. You're going to use something that fish like to eat. So if a project is supposed to be all about community building and charity and doing all this good in the world, yet the space is filled with a whole bunch of DGENs that are talking about pumping their bags and all sorts of things like that, well, that is something that you could really be cautious of because you know that what the mission is and what they're advertising is not who they're attracting. So there's something amiss there. And most likely, this could be a red flag as to things to come and possibly a disastrous road ahead. But also having the ability just to ask questions, just to feel out exactly what they're doing, what their mission is, what experience they have, or any kind of questions about the particular project. Maybe it is something with the tech, a unique feature that you've never heard about. And it's a great opportunity for the team to onboard people because when you're answering these questions, it's going to spark loyalty because a lot of the times, if someone comes into a community that is their very first NFT that they're minting, that is going to be their home base. Most likely, when someone gives them all this information, they hold their hand, just point them to the right places and so forth, they're going to stick around with them. Those are going to be the most loyal people, the strongest supporters, also known as the super fans. So it is a great opportunity for the team to not only position themselves as being a legitimate, trustworthy business, but also build that loyalty. And as far as marketing goes, it is very cost effective because again, there's not really much expense associated with running a Twitter space, right? A little bit of electricity, maybe a data plan, maybe you have some equipment running music or whatever it might be. But truthfully, it is basically $0 to have a Twitter space. 
But of course, it is not all good. There are some bad aspects as to these mint parties. And number one, I would say it is setting false expectations because a lot of the times when people are coming up and speaking about this stuff, it's going to be all good. Sunshines and rainbows, everything is going great. Oh, we're so happy that this day is finally here and giving the team their roses and so forth. And you'd think that this might be the happiest place on earth. But of course, at the point of a mint party, usually things haven't gone wrong yet. They haven't necessarily dealed with their first rollout failing or the problem with the metadata or the art revealing. Maybe some of the utility isn't as amazing as it was thought to be and so forth. And all these opportunities that opens up for the community to then turn on the founders and turn on the project, start flooding everything, dumping their NFTs on the floor. All of these things are not happening at this point. It is just all great. So anyone that could be coming into this space, especially a newbie, not understanding that this could be the beginning of the end for many projects. And unfortunately, a lot of teams put all their energy, time, and resources into this launch. It is selling. And if you listen to yesterday's episode as far as acquiring new customers, well, this is the phase that leads up to the mint party. It's all about the acquisition, trying to mint out or sell out all of those NFTs. And a lot of teams only focus on that. They don't necessarily focus on building that community, fostering a nice experience for the holders and so forth. And because of this, a lot of projects tend to peak on mint day and then it's all downhill from there. And this could be very disappointing for a newbie that comes into the space, had so much excitement, and then slowly or very quickly sees everything crash after that. So a mint party could be very anticlimactic. What seems like this glorious occasion within a couple of hours could turn into a nightmare. And those of us that have been around have been through the boom and the so-called bust, the winter that we're in and all that. We understand this is not our first rodeo when we go to a mint party. But someone who has just discovered this space comes in and possibly are buying pre-revealed art at the top price only to find out that within 72 hours after the art reveals, it's probably going to be half price. It could be very disheartening to them. And not to mention, it is probably going to be the most exciting space. So it could be a massive letdown. But then, of course, there is the ugly, which is even worse. Okay, the worst extreme of this would be a rug pull. This is something where there is all hype and there is nothing behind them. They're not planning to roll out anything. They are just really trying to take people's money and then ride off into the sunset, disappear. Maybe they'll shut down the Twitter, shut down the Discord, shut down the website, all of that, and you'll never hear from that team again. That is the absolute worst case scenario. And that was more popular during the peak of everything when everything was just absolutely crazy. People weren't even looking to see who was founding these projects. It was a whole bunch of anonymous founders doing crazy things, making promises and not delivering on anything. But now things are starting to be a little bit more doxxed or a little bit more transparent. People know who these founders are. They have their LinkedIn pages, have their contacts up there and so forth. So that isn't as much of a concern. It could always happen. There's always that possibility. However, it is nowhere near as much as it was 18 months ago. But as far as the ugly part of it, it could be a lot of social engineering and hyping up. I like to call it the hype machine. Now, anytime you hear this song, I just know that somebody's about to lose money. Pump it up. You got to pump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up. And the peak of everything, pretty much every time you heard that song, you knew people were about to lose money. That's because all the influencers were in the room and everyone's getting all excited and emotional about it. And it's all about FOMO, creating that fear of missing out. And at that point, people just make irrational decisions. The fact that 
Those promises probably could not be fulfilled. They might not even have the technical capabilities or the management skills to pull off whatever it is on their roadmap. And that was when I realized that anytime I heard that song, just don't even do it. Now, I got caught once. I won't lie. That project was just a total disaster from the beginning. But the reason why I ended up minting it, number one, the first 1,000 was a free mint. And the whole goal of that was to raise money for this guy that just lost his house and what have you. However, after those 1,000 free ones went, it sort of all fell apart. All the influencers and everything just backed away from it. Everyone started to point fingers as to say whose project it was. And yeah, no one took any kind of responsibility. And last time I checked, about once a week, someone posts some sort of meme into the Discord. But other than that, I mean, there is nothing going on with this. I haven't heard anything about that guy, nothing about the founder, the creator, just nothing. I mean, it's just an absolute disaster. I won't say this is a rug pull. Typically, we say rug pull about any kind of failure. However, a rug pull is truly when someone starts off with malicious intent. Now, in the case of this, a free project that was supposed to raise money for an individual then turned into a paid mint and so forth, and it just never got to that paid mint stage. It just all fell apart. That is just a failed idea. That was something that was exciting, trying to bring someone in and show them all the cool things that happens in Web3. But this was just at that time when everything was starting to pivot. Now, for that person, this is just a disaster. This is all just foolishness. They got so excited. Help is on the way and all this stuff. Hearing that pump it up, they're probably so excited. And guess what? No funds was ever generated from this project. So as far as the ugly, the long-term damage that it does to newbies is probably the worst part. It's one thing to be a part of a rug pull or something like this, a failed project, and sure, you burn some gas and what have you, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's just a part of the learning process. But the real damage that's done is to the person that this was their first contact point. Guess what? It might take them years for them to ever look back at Web3. But I want to keep things well-rounded. There is some good aspects. There are bad aspects, and they're just downright ugly aspects. But generally speaking, I think mint parties and events like this are just an awesome way for a company to promote themselves, a project to really launch, and for the community to come together. I think they're fun. They're usually some of the most well-attended events for that particular project. But of course, everything in this space should be taken with a grain of salt, and it's very important that you do your own research. And speaking of research, I do a whole bunch of research to go into each of these episodes, but not just that, I also have a newsletter. So in case you're a fan of written format, I cover a lot of different topics. That comes out on the weekends, but I'm doing a giveaway because I missed the announcement that I hit 50 and I should have thought of something really cool like 50 nifty or whatever it is, but there's 50 issues of that already out. Weekly newsletters came out. You can sign up for that at niftybusinessweek.com. But guess what? I'm doing a crypto tech woman giveaway for anyone that is on that newsletter. Of course, the details are going to come out this weekend when I release issue number 52. And going forward, we're going to do some really cool things over there. So if that is something that you're interested in and the mission that crypto tech woman is on, that is one way you'll have access to getting a free one. But either way, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.